Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent, getting the resources you need to get your child healthier, happier, and to hopefully lead an independent life. And as you know, I was once told that my son, when he was diagnosed with autism, could not recover and that I should drug him and try behavioral therapies. But I knew that my son could get better, but I had to figure it out just like you're doing. And I researched and researched. Ten years later, my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. And uh, I know that everybody's level of recovery is different, but I'm here to tell you, your child can get better. And let's find out how much better. I have have a free workshop I've created that walks you through these four stages of natural autism recovery. And stage one, we go through all the pieces about healing the gut. So I'll teach you more about that. Natural heavy metal detoxification is second. Third, clearing the co-infections like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. And all of these pieces are very important and necessary. And if something gets missed, then, then we won't get the optimum results. And I want to show you how I can help you go through that and how to do it. So please uh, go to that uh, that link at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop and, um, and register for that. Listen to that. It's a one-hour webinar for you, an educational, and uh, and learn what you need to do to get the optimum results for your child and, and how I can help you. And uh, also, I'm happy to say that as of 2020, we have a nonprofit under this where we are helping to support more research and spreading the awareness of autism recovery. And if you or anybody you know is interested in donating, please go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash donate or just go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com and you'll see donate in the dashboard there. And it'll help us to continue on with these resources provided to you uh, at no cost, just like this radio show. And we weekly have valuable um really, really expert guests, as you've heard, if you've been listening in for a while. And we have another one today, which I'm really excited about. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about early childhood dental caries and the health-related issues behind them. I have parents write into me uh, commonly and say that their child has to go to the dentist and they have all the fears. We'll talk about the anesthesia issues and Um, Why do their kids have so many dental issues? Uh, And we're going to talk about those things today with our guest who is quite educated in natural biodentistry. We have Dr. Leonard Smith with us. He is, uh, it goes, he's, his education is just, I was saying before the show to him, just goes on and on. So I'm going to give you some of the top pieces. He, um, he's gone to the University of Alberta. He's in Canada, uh, Winnipeg's Children's Hospital Residency, Ohio State University, uh, where he got his graduate and postgraduates in pediatric dentistry, American Board of Pediatric Dentistry, Royal College of Dentists in Canada, appointed at the Alberta Children's Hospital Department. Department of Pediatric Dentistry, Cleft Palate Clinic, Department of Pediatric Dentistry, Consultant and Homophilia Clinic. Uh, these were in the nine and from 72 to 2003. Then he was at the Holy Cross Hospital in Calgary General Hospital, Department of Surgery, Consulting, Active Staff, Division of Surgery, Department of Pediatric Dentistry, um, the BC College of Dental Surgeons and Pediatric Dentistry was the chief examiner from in 19, 1994, 95, 97, 98, and 2000. 
University of Manitoba, University of Calgary in pediatric dentistry, um, professor, Department of Pediatrics. It goes on and on. I could I could just go on with this. Uh, it, it the 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 amount of education, uh, Doctor Smith, that you have is uh, is extensive, and that is why this is so profound today. And it's so and we're so fortunate to have you here with us because there's so much value for parents to know. Uh, as I mentioned, parents write in all the time about the issues behind the, the their kids' dental problems. And most people don't know that this is that the teeth affect the entire body, the, the meridians of the body, the organs of the body. And we're going to talk about that today. So um, actually, I'm going to let Dr. Smith go into that for you. So Dr. Smith, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start out with um, kind of just the, the baseline, the importance of the mouth and, and, and its importance to the rest of the body. So can you just kind of start from sort of square one? Well, uh, certainly the people out, out there, parents of all children, uh, not just the special needs children, but have to realize that the dentition begins to develop about the seventh week of a person's pregnancy and continues on from there. So it's very important that the pregnant moms uh, have a very balanced nutritional intake. And it's very important for those who live in the northern climates, such as Canada and areas where the sun isn't really strong, uh, that they have a good supplement of vitamin D3 in their diet, uh, which helps to have the absorption of calcium uh, into the infant, which affects the development of bones as well as the dentition and the teeth themselves. Um, it's also important for mums or parents, not just mums, to know that preventive dental care begins at birth. And after you have had the first feeding of your child, that you take a little gauze sponge or a clean washcloth that has water on it, and you just gently wipe off the gum pads. And from that day forward, after every feeding, um, the gum pads are cleaned, and that removes any residual milk, whether it's formula or breast milk. Um, and it helps to clean out any of the, some of the bacteria that are in the mouth that we all have, and they're, they're very important. The microbiome is very important to our well-being. But uh, if it's not cleaned off, then these microbes utilize the sugar that's in the food, in the formula, in breast milk, in apple juice, and other liquids that the children are getting, and that sugar is used by these bacteria to produce a lactic acid as their waste product. And that is the, the, the source of the damage to the, to the dentition. Um, the baby teeth begin to erupt into the mouth around um, six months of age. And they're not all into, they're not all erupted into the mouth until the child is three. But sadly, dental disease can start as young as nine months of age. 
the youngest I've seen with an abscess was in fact nine months of age. And that impact uh, of infection, which is what a dental decay really is, as it breaks down the tooth and the bacteria invade further into the mouth, into the tooth, gets into the child's bloodstream, gets into the child's, uh, the pain that's caused uh, goes to the child's neural structures and has a, a very negative impact or can have on, on that baby. So we're going to take a short break right here, but when we come back, we'll jump right back into um, some of these causes and the preventative measures behind these uh, dental caries and why and, you know, how you can prevent them from happening, especially so early. So so you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and today we are talking about early childhood dental caries and the health-related issues behind them. We have Dr. Leonard Smith with us, who is a longtime pediatric uh, dentist in biodentistry, aware of the importance of it for the entire body. And um, and we were talking about preventative health care and certain things that you can do. It's important to know that, you know, mom does uh, contain calf bacteria in her body and some can be transferred. And it's important for you to know I say this all the time when I'm working with people with candida and yeast issues and other bacterial issues when we're healing up the biology for the child, it is you really want to be careful about spreading your um, your bacteria in your mouth with one another. We're used to kissing on the mouth, kissing our child, or sharing a glass of water or sharing a fork or or any type of thing that 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 shares our bacteria with any other person, we are transferring back and forth. And that bacteria can spread and cause cause a lot of these these types of issues and, and other issues as well. So it's, it's important to be aware of that. So um, Dr. Smith, why don't we talk about, um, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, and then you talked earlier about some of the neural effects, because it's very important. We know that there is a lot of inflammation on the brain of a child with autism, and we want to reduce those. And these bacterial issues are a great cause of those. So, um, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit more about that, or did you have something to say more about prevention before we move on? I think we should emphasize prevention initially, um, and then move on to the other areas that are coming forward. But I think that number one. Uh, it strikes me a lot of people don't know what early childhood caries really means. A carry is an actual cavity. It's the dental term for cavity. So it's 
talking about dental decay in infants and it is now the most common chronic infectious disease in children in the United States and uh, between the ages of two and five. Uh, the Surgeon General in the United States produced an article uh, and where he, where he indicated what the percentages were and how serious this problem is. In the Canadian Children's Hospitals, uh, there was a statistic showing that dental uh, anesthesia be is used for children in order to get all their dental care done. It is the most common surgical procedure done in all of the children's hospitals in, in our country. So it is a disease that is, is epidemic and is actually a global problem. And the source of the disease is a lack of knowledge of how to prevent it and the exposure of all of our children to sugar. And sugar is the common culprit of these problems. If you look at the concentration of sugar in baby formula, you'd be shocked at how much there is in a, in a basic one dose of baby formula. Or similarly, parents who put their children to bed with a bottle at night and that bottle has apple juice in it, they are getting an enormous number, amount of sugar, anywhere from 28 to 32 grams of sugar. And that constant exposure of the child and its mouth to the sugar and the sugar being utilized by the bacteria um, converting it into an acid which causes decay very at, at as I said is the youngest I've seen with a, a problem with an abscess where the baby was nine months of age um, is something the parents aren't being made aware of and it has ramifications these children develop toothache at a very young age these children don't know that toothache is not normal. They're growing up when, the, when their mouths aren't being looked at um, and, and the dental decay is not being attended to. These children are growing up thinking that toothache is normal. And during this critical age of five and younger, these children are going through their neural development stages where the areas in the brain that eventually control emotion, learning, uh, are being impacted and how the cells are connecting is based on the child's experiences. And, and these children, as I say, think pain is normal. They can't sleep a full night. They're, they're fussy. They cry. So a, a very concerned parent either will nurse all night or will put a bottle again in all night and that seems to satisfy the child somewhat to get them through the evening. So the impact it has uh, and, and studies have shown that these children have uh, elevated cortisol levels in their system and cortisol is uh, one of the body's uh, hormones produced when the child is under chronic stress.
and or distress and so uh, these children are, are being impacted in a very negative fashion from this disease starting with the intake of sugar uh, and the fact that nobody has been teaching the parents how to be, be being aware of this problem and how to prevent it by limiting the intakes of uh, the sugar fluids and we've even had parents who've had to bring their, who brought their children into the office having soda pop in their bottles because oh they, gosh. Did, they didn't get access to milk or, or the apple juice. And sadly, in, in some populations of the world where water is not safe to drink, because water is probably the best uh, alternative to giving the child some liquids while they're sleeping, if they need that, but where, where water is not safe to drink and the commercial companies have introduced safe juices, soda pop and other things where decay in dental in children's mouths were, was not a problem, it is now becoming a significant problem and of course in those areas of the world access to dental care is very, very limited. So these people and these children grow up thinking that pain is normal. They're malnourished because they can't chew solid foods when they're being introduced because the teeth hurt. So they are able to only take in soft, mushy foods that have high uh, sugar contents likely and Nutritionally, they're being deficient, so that's affecting their overall body, and it's known that children who don't get treated have a higher risk of developing diabetes uh, in the future and uh, eventually coronary artery disease. Yeah, food is really important. Um, we're going to jump back into this because I think it's so important to, to go on with this just a little bit more and uh, give you the education. So we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about early childhood dental caries and the health-related issues behind them. And we have Dr. Leonard Smith here with us today, a dental uh a surgeon from uh, Calgary or Alberta, Canada. And w before the break, we were talking about um, how important it is to know not to give sugary substances to your kids when they are, you know, basically ever. But a lot of people don't know that, know that early on and prevention of even after breast milk and regular milk, um, cow's milk, I tell people to avoid, period. It's got casein, which is the bad A, it's the A, A1 protein in it. But it also has a lot of sugar in it, and people don't realize that. They think that their kids' teeth are going to fall out if they're not getting dairy because that's they're going to be their only source of calcium, and that's not true. And we might want to talk about that a little bit too, but um, that it's important to know, you know, these sensory issues that our kids have, they are growing up with a toothache. You might think, you know, might notice that they almost fear food, and it can be from sensory overload issues. It can be from acquired allergens that they have, have again, developed a response from past experiences to know that food, for whatever reason, 
doesn't make them feel good. It either hurts their stomach or hurts their head. They get a headache. Or if they have a dental issue, this is something where if you were to go to a natural bio dentist and get a, uh, a you know a good consultation and find out if there is maybe a you know some type of infection or anything in your child's mouth that you need to be aware of because you might be battling against something or thinking you're you know trying everything you can to get your child to eat but if something like this is going on you definitely want to know about it um, and then then you know their life can be a lot easier too because we do learn by early childhood experiences and we don't want them to develop a fear around good foods and knowing that things like processed carbohydrates which you know junk food is so big, you know, now that, and those things create sugars in the body. So those are other things to be aware of, of removing from your child's body. And Dr. Smith, I know that you had mentioned, um, when we talked earlier that you have worked with, there was a, a, a five-year-old, um, that you had done some general anesthesic work and he was autistic and this was very recent. Can you, can you tell us maybe some of your experiences about working with children with autism and what you're finding and, and things that parents can know to do when they're at the dentist or prior to? Well, the first thing I think is important for the audience to know is that the recommended age for a child's first dental visit is six months of age, no older than 12 months of age. And that's the recommendation of the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, the American Dental Association, uh, and the, their Canadian counterparts. The, it used to be, when I first graduated, that it was recommended that a child come in around three years of age for their first visit. And sadly, since the incidence of disease has gone up so high, this change occurred, this recommended age change occurred about 15 or 18 years ago. And a lot of physicians aren't aware of it, and certainly many parents aren't. And if the dentist that you see in your community isn't comfortable in seeing an infant at that age, then to have them refer you to pediatric dental specialists who should be able to quickly evaluate the child and show a parent how to actually physically get in the mouth to clean the teeth or to clean the gums and the teeth uh, and it actually takes two adults if there are two living in the same household to work together to do this more to the answering your question about autistic children and other children with developmental delays um, if you get to see them early enough, then you can prevent disease. But those children, if they start suffering pain, they, that, that negatively impacts their behavioral development. They won't let you get into their mouths. And if this particular child that I saw was five years of age, he had abscesses in almost all of his primary molars. So he's gone through five years of hell, uh, behavioral issues, lack of sleep, all negatively impact his body's uh, developmental future. And also uh, people should be aware that sadly we have seen a correlation now between children who are chronically suffering 
from dental disease and domestic violence. And we've had mothers come in from the late women's shelters who explained that the children were crying and couldn't be satisfied. Uh, they, even with more sugar-containing fluids, and they woke up their, the male counterpart in the home, the mother would get physically beaten up because it was her job to keep the child quiet. Um, and there was a risk to that child being shaken uh, and potentially seriously injured with, as well. And one of the other things I learned from these mums directly was because they are victims of this type of behavior, they wanted to prevent this disease of, uh, of uh, domestic violence from occurring. They would put alcohol in the child's body, in the bottle, and give that child the alcohol to drink, which sedated the child, but all the negative impacts of that kind of uh, intake for these children was, was horrendous. There haven't been any studies that I'm aware of the long-term relationship potential between developing alcoholic dependencies on and the neural development of children. So that would impact all children, but specifically in the children with developmental disorders to begin with, would be unbelievably negatively impacted. So this, going back to this five-year-old child that we treated, um, he, now that we have cleaned up all the infection, he's going to finally go through life once he's, this is healed, not having any more dental pain. And our experience is that it's, it's a slow process of building a trust relationship with the child, but being able to get back into their mouths to clean the gum pads and also any of the permanent teeth that are developing uh, and try and keep that child decay-free for the rest of their lives. And a lot of parents, when they go to take their child to the dentist, they do have this, especially with children with autism, they have a real fear of of you know their child being able to sit still in a dental chair and also of things about anesthesia because our kids are you know so sensitive and their livers are congested and they can't always take a lot so um i'd like to talk about that we're going to take a short break right here and we'll jump into that when we come back you're listening to naturally recovering autism please stay with us hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and today we are talking about early childhood dental caries and the health related issues behind them and uh, we have Dr. Leonard Smith with us and we've been talking a lot about we just started talking about going back to the dentist or going to taking your child with autism especially to the dentist and what that can mean uh, for the child because the parent has a lot of fear about taking them there um, it it is a slow process of getting the child comfortable there I even know parents who have taken their child to the dentist when they don't even have an appointment to just take them there get them familiar with the office meet the dentist hi at their first experience is nice and they leave they don't they don't even have to have an appointment but they're getting familiarity uh, in a positive way for their child there and then also um, having the dentist be knowledgeable about your child's reactions and things that, that they would know to uh, to you know possibly expect your child to do and behaviors 
And then, Dr. Smith, I'm also wondering, you know, if you have any more tools uh, for parents, you know, that you can give them for that type of uh, visit. But also, I know that anesthesia is a a concern. So maybe if you can address that for people who are extra sensitive. And um, I know most of the kids with autism, their livers are congested. They really can't take more toxicity because they're already so toxic. So do you have any, you know, any tips or guidelines for parents to tell their dentists um, when they're they're going to, you know, need that? Well, the, the, um, if, if parents would begin their preventive programs, right at birth as we had discussed the 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 odds of having to have a lot of treatment done would be significantly reduced Uh, and in fact preventive care beginning at that very early age you you may not have a child that'll have any decay issues so you would at for those children you wouldn't need anything like an anesthetic in order to provide just normal regular hygiene and and if you start really early and you're gentle and you're kind as you're going through it these children don't develop fears of the uh, visitation and you can you can accomplish an amazing amount if you build a trust relationship with that child you don't need to do a, a forceful I'm the boss and you're the ch- the patient and you'll do what I tell you kind of thing. It's a slow process. Every child's an individual. You've got to respect their individuality. But again, if you begin your preventive care as a, at six months of age and you can build that trust and the child should not ever have to require an anesthetic. For those children who have significant amount of treatment required, there's probably no safer way to provide that care than having, uh, in our case, we use a pediatric anesthetist that comes from our children's hospital. For some children, the treatment has to be done in the hospital if they have other metabolic or medical issues that it's safer for the child to have the treatment done at the hospital. but it's certainly when you're doing extensive amount of dental work and the child hasn't got the ability to comprehend what's going on, um, then it be the safest way, both physically and emotionally, is to use uh, an anesthesia done by a trained anesthetist um, to, to provide the care for, that that child needs. And hopefully it's a one-time thing, and then you get the child back to good oral health, and you then build, again, continue with that child to build a trust relationship. And you can do a a phenomenal amount of things with that child, uh, provided you're not having to do a lot of invasive uh, treatment. A lot of parents are very concerned, appropriately so, because they they themselves may not have had a pleasant experience in the dental chair and they don't want their child to go through that. And that's why I recommend seeing a pediatric specialist in your community uh, who has had the training of how to look after children with with special needs. Um, But again, I can't emphasize enough the importance of 
having to transfer knowledge to these parents uh, of how that prevention begins at birth and you build up that pre the preventive protocol for that for that child and the the amount of dental work that that child may need in the future should theoretically be very minimal and if you've taken your child to the dentist as you say is recommended you know around the age of six months and then 12 months your child has you know they're they're very young and early on it's before, you know, um, often before a diagnosis of autism or anything comes in as well. But um, I know that these dental infections can really affect the gut microbiome, which causes a lot of issues with autism because the gut controls the brain, controls 80% of the immune system. And um, and so, it, yeah, it is important. Like if you start early and, and you practice this prevention, then, uh, you know, at least with future children that you can know that you can get ahead of this and your child at an early age, if they're even two years old or three years old, it might be a lot easier to go to the dentist than if you've now got a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old who has already grown and has these fears. So um, developing these trusts and getting a trained pediatric uh, anesthesiologist, I think is really a, a, an important point as well. So they know what they're doing and especially sensitivities of that particular child. They should know the child's background, health background, and um, in the, the parents can provide that. And I always tell the parents too, you know, use your mom, use your mom, mother's intuition. How do you feel about this? This They should be a pediatric dentist. They should, you know, you should really feel good about them. You like the person as an individual as well. You feel that they're paying attention to you, listening to you truly caring about your child and their sensitivities. And um, I think all of those are, are important for building trust. And if the child sees that the parent has more trust, then the child is going to feel that as well. Um, there are also some things that we could talk about about the GI tract and swallowing the, the billions of bacterial cells into the microbiome and then also the autoimmune issues. These are so big in children with autism. And um, if they start in the mouth, they can contribute, of course, to the symptoms of autism. So we're going to take actually a short break right here. And when we come back, I'd like to dive into those really important topics um, to, um, to know how important it is to work with the gut, but also that preventative aspect. So stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about early childhood dental caries in the, in the health-related issues behind them. And we have pediatric dentist, uh, Dr. Leonard Smith with us. And uh, I'd like to jump into some of the issues that can affect the GI tract and toxicity and the autoimmune diseases in children with untreated um, the dental caries, early childhood dental caries, and how they can contribute. So, Dr. Smith, can you give us just a little bit more information on, on that? So, again, it's more on the preventative aspect, but also so parents are educated about how how it does affect the rest of the body. And I know too that, um, and I'll link, I've, I've interviewed another biosystemic dentist in the past, and I'll link to that as well. And I work with parents on the co-infections like mold and Lyme and strep, and these can all be very much affecting um, the mouth as well. There's something called Marcon's, which is an antibiotic-resistant staph infection that we get in the nasal passages, and that actually can drip, that, that bacteria goes up into the brain, but it also then drips down into the mouth 
mouth and causes a lot of bacterial infection in the teeth. And um, so maybe we could talk a little bit more about some of those some of those pieces um, that uh, that you know from your background, like how it's affecting the rest of the body. Well, there haven't been a lot of studies globally on children with advanced dental disease and its impact on the microbiome. We do know that children who have abscessed teeth, as this five-year-old autistic child I just mentioned previously had, he's swallowing probably half a cup of pus a day and having done that for three or four or five years. And the impact that it's had on the microbiome, as far as my knowledge goes, and I apologize that I'm not right up to it, but that has never been studied uh, directly. The other area that's very interesting is there was an article that was written by a gastroenterologist out of California whose title of the article was Rotten Teeth, Rotten Livers. And... His article went on to say that the children of today are being exposed to enormous number or amounts of uh, fructose, corn syrup, uh, and uh, sucrose, glucose in their diets, and they are developing uh, non-alcoholic liver cirrhosis or fatty liver disease. And this was news to me, um, but... It apparently the incidence of this problem is quite significant, and how it's impacting all children uh, because of their exposure to the sugar. It's impacting all the vital organs of their of their body. Sadly, we've had some history with one child whose uh, parents have an attitude, well, they're only baby teeth, they're going to fall out, so why should we really care or do anything? Number one, that's a form of child neglect, and it's, it's reportable if a parent refuses to treat their child with this infection, uh, it's in every province in Canada and also most of the states, I don't want to say all of them, but I think pretty much all of them, it's, it's required that the dentist report that uh, those parents' refusal to the child protective agencies in the community and for them to follow up with that because that's, you know, an infection that can spread. And, in fact, I've had one patient in my career who developed a brain abscess secondary to a dental infection. And, fortunately, this child survived but there are reports of children who did not survive and one family in wisconsin i believe it was uh went to jail for manslaughter both the husband the mother and the father wow. uh, i don't know all the legal circumstances but these children are a high risk for developing diabetes obesity uh as they get older Uh, the behavioral impacts it has on the neural development of that child and and, uh, the the medical impacts of liver disease um, and eventually carrying on into adulthood if 
the, uh, it's now proven that adults who have gum disease uh, or periodontal disease uh, have a much higher risk and correlated now to coronary artery disease. And also there's uh, studies that I've just been aware of, be made aware of showing that the bacterial invasion of the uh, oral micro, uh, microbes into the brain has a correlation now with Alzheimer's and they're studying the linkage between uh, the periodontal disease and the body's inflammatory response to the bacteria that get up into the brain and how the brain responds to that and they're linking it to Alzheimer's. So it's a serious, potentially serious disease that sadly is totally preventable, but people aren't aware of it. Um, and, and, it and prevention isn't beginning early enough so that the, the children are not benefiting from this uh, preventive knowledge and, and they're suffering as a result. Right, and there's a lot of correlation um, and similarities between Alzheimer's and uh, and autism in a sense that the inflammation on the bl- on the brain from various issues that are going on in the child's body um, have have a lot of connections. And and of course we know for for a long time that the uh, the lungs and the heart are connected to uh, to the teeth as well. Um, meridians in the body, certain teeth. As a craniosacral therapist, my background, I. I have a chart right here in my studio that, um, you know, that the correlation of acupuncture meridians from each tooth and what organ they relate to. And, you know, one of them in particular just goes to the, um, the lymphatic system. And so if your lymphatic system is weakened out by that, your immune system is further weakened. And so it's really important to stay on top of these things early. And, um, and I agree, I think a lot of parents maybe just don't realize it or think about it ahead of time that how important it is to to know to take your child early to the dentist to the right dentist and stay on top of it so we're going to take a short break right here you're listening to naturally recovering autism please stay with us we will be right back have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and thank you so much for being here with us today um we've been talking about early childhood dental caries and the health related issues behind them and how important it is to get your child early preventative care and if there are already issues we've talked about some good resources and ways to uh know how to get your child comfortable with a dentist but make sure that they get there 
And some of that picky eating and some of those issues that you you deal with uh, at home, I know, especially with parents of children with autism, that um, you know it can be the sensory overload issues from the mouth. It can be food making them feel awful, but it can also be some other underlying dental issue that you're not even really aware of, and you don't want that bacteria in the mouth and causing more inflammation in your child. Especially if you you've got them on the right diet and you're going through detoxification, you're doing all this great work with your child, and you're thinking they're just not getting better. I find a lot of the time is the co-infections have a lot to do with it. And again, you can get my free workshop where I walk through the four stages at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Please listen to that because it does have a lot of information for you. But I also want to make sure that you are aware of of, of all of these other aspects that uh, – that can be contributing to your child um, staying sick and not getting the results you want, not improving. We want to get them better because it's not safe to have this type of toxicity and inflammation on their body. And um, I'm going to link to any show notes today uh, will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 72. And Dr. Smith, again, has been with us. And thank you, Dr. Smith, so much for your, your time and your expertise. And I know that you've got and I'll link to this on the show notes page as well. But you've got a nonprofit that you've um, you've developed, and it's it's newer, but uh, it's got a few educational resources on it. But it's also something that you're doing to help educate and teach healthy care to people. So can you just give us that link and, and you know and and talk a little bit about that briefly? We just have a couple minutes left. Well, the not-for-profit. There's one in the United States called the Foundation for a Healthy Mouth, Healthy Child. And in Canada, it's the Society for a Healthy Most Healthy Child. And the purpose of both is education and to try and teach prevention and for people to be able to understand. And we're teaching, you know, our goal is to teach professionals who interact with children from any age. So nurses, dental professionals, uh, physicians, lawyers, psychologists, et cetera, et cetera. Anybody who interacts with a family needs to be aware of, of of this problem and how to prevent it, and that's what the goal of the society is um, and the foundation. It is what people need to understand, number one, that it's about more than just baby teeth. It's about the overall health of that child and Prevention begins at birth, and it's simply with a washcloth wiping off the gum pads. When teeth start to erupt into the mouth around six months of age, each tooth needs to be fully cleansed, removing any debris. If you notice any black spots or dark brown spots on your child's top front teeth, both on the side, the front part of it that you can see, but also looking behind the tooth, and that's where the child often will hold the sugar with their tongue against the back of the tooth, and that's where decay will begin. Those children need to be seen yesterday. Um, but prevention is very, very inexpensive if it begins at birth, and it can save a lot of other associated medical developmental issues that these children go through. Well, 
I think this is really valuable because there's so much education that, that, you know, parents aren't really aware of to this extent. I mean, might think, oh, yeah, I'll take them to the dentist or, you know, once a year or, or if they have a problem or I think they have a problem instead of making sure that, you know, when everything, you know, seems like it's okay that it is and you're, you're doing all of these preventative aspects and I would say to pure water source, you know, making sure you have a good pure water source and, and hydrating well is really important, but diet, yeah, is crucial and, and it, diet for some of the foods to remove that's really important right on the homepage of my website at naturally recovering You can get the, the guide to the seven foods, the seven top foods to eliminate, to, um, begin to, uh, see the reduction of symptoms of autism. And they are the similar same foods here that we're saying to reduce. So please, please go get that right now. Um, it's available for you. And uh, thank you again, Dr. Smith, for being here with us today. today. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you, everyone, for being here and being a proactive parent. And uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I 